Good morning. I am loud. I am sorry. Not really. Uh, happy 4th of July. I am wearing one of my Father's Day presents. It says Merca on it. I married into a very patriotic family. My wife's aunt goes all out. It's pretty awesome. So I won't see her today, but I'm going to show her this at some point that her nieces are catching that spirit. It's fantastic. Um, I hope you guys are all having a good 4th of July weekend. Yesterday was the first Saturday, and I can't remember how long I didn't have to work without using a vacation day. It was awesome. They gave me the day off. And we celebrated by having a game night at our house with campus and high school, and it was a blast. We played board games and just games in general for six hours last night, and everybody had fun. There was And no fistfights. No fistfights. Me and Trenton came close. Trenton is hardcore when it comes to board games. Trenton Hyman, he uh, he's cutthroat, and he's back there shaking his head because I'm calling him out on it, and he's all embarrassed now. Um, there's a few things I want to talk to you guys about before we jump into today's lesson. Uh, number one, I would like to point out to you guys that for the first time in like a year and a half, the bookstore is open. So if there's, yeah, and there's a sign that says 20% off on almost everything and then almost is crossed out. Just putting that out there for you. If there were some books that you were looking for, they might have some. May I suggest parents of teenagers and children in general, there's a book called So You're a Kingdom Kid. It's a great book. I saw one on the shelf. There might only be one. There's two. There are two back there. Uh, Cassie and I read that book a long time ago. I can't even tell you how long it's been since we found that book. And um, it's really insightful. On a, it's a it's a guy who preaches now, but he grew up in the church, and it's the struggles of kids growing up in church, and and their struggles. Because coming from the world to the church, that's a whole different kit and caboodle than it is growing up in the church. So, uh, parents, that's a great book, it, and it's really easy to read. Um, something else I would like to talk to you guys about is the marriage retreat is coming up in September. Uh, we are going down. Yeah. Marriage retreat. And look, I am so looking forward to it. Uh, we're going down to giant city state park. There are cabins available, but it's really close to Carbondale. So if cabins aren't your thing, there are hotels. Um, there are modern conveniences. <laughs> so, uh, we're looking forward to that. Uh, Dub and Connie from down in Rolla are going to come and guest, guest talk for us. Um, and, and it's just going to be great. It's going to be a great time getting away with our spouses and each other and being the church and just enjoying God and uh, the covenant of marriage that he's given us. Um, one last thing I want to talk about before we jump into today's lesson. Uh, coming up in August, we are doing a campus and high school retreat. Yes, I'm really excited for this too. We are going to be going down to Trout Lodge uh, down in southern Missouri. Um, and I got to ask you guys some help here. Uh, you see, we just got back from like primary week and junior high week and high school week is still coming up for summer camps. And, and we have families here who are spending money to send their kids to camp. But then we're also planning this retreat. And it's great. It's going to springboard us into the fall. The problem is, is that... We are trying to keep costs down, and everywhere we've looked is super expensive. Have you guys priced, like, hotels and and places to stay? Like, we were originally wanting to go down to Branson, and just to stay in a hotel was going to be $200 a person for the weekend. 
And so we looked in the Trout Lodge, and it's it's our lodging, it's our food, and it's our activities for the whole weekend, but it's still $180 a person for the weekend, and that is really expensive. So what I would like to put out to the church, and this is what I've been praying for, is that as a family, we can help these families get these teens and these college students, because let's face it, college students is broke, and we can get them to this retreat, and I'm praying that we can cut the cost in half. So I'm praying that as a family, we can raise $90 a person to send these guys to this retreat. If you guys have the, the, the ability and the willingness on your tithe check today, if you want to write something or if you want to do it later, it's fine. We're not, we're not leaving till the 13th, Friday the 13th in August. Nothing, nothing go wrong, right? We're going to be gone the 13th, 14th, and 15th down in Trout Lodge. And it's right now $180 a person, but I would love to make it $90 a person. So I'm just going to put that out there. I'm going to leave that out there for you guys. You do with that information as you wish, but that's what I'm praying for to help these families and these college students get to something that's going to be great. We're going to be talking about our fire and our passion and how we can advance the kingdom of heaven as a student ministry. Commercials are over. Again, happy 4th of July. Uh, we are in the fourth lesson of a series called The Truth About Lies. And Alan kicked us off, well, it's the fourth lesson, so four weeks ago, uh, and, and just generalized lies and how Satan uses them. Um, he talked, again, the second week and then last week, Gary talked about how it's all about us. That's the lie that we believe, is that it's all about us. And in that second lesson, Alan kind of defined Satan's plan for, for, for us to believe his lies. Um, and Gary brought it up again last week. He said, deceitful ideas play to disordered ideas that are normalized in a sinful society. That is a mouthful. I'm going to dumb it down for you because sometimes I need stuff dumbed down. Not saying you're dumb, I'm dumb. But I need it to be... Simplized. Simplized? Is that a word? Simplified. See? What did I tell you? In other words, what, what they're saying is, as a society, we believe the lie until it becomes truth. We believe the lie until it becomes truth. So today's lie, it's up there on your, up there on your screen, it's up there for me, is God wants me to be happy. That doesn't sound like a lie. That doesn't sound like a lie. But the the lie that we believe is that God wants me to be happy. You see, we serve a great and loving Father. And the best lies contain the most truth. The best lies contain the most truth. In this lie, there is truth. But it's twisted. In our society, we twist this truth. You see, in this lie, there are really two truths that are twisted. And then, once you get through them, there's an implied lie. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm very aware, it's 4th of July, we got barbecues to go to, so I'm not going to take much of your time. It's only going to be like three and a half hours, and then we'll be out. I was joking around with somebody. Every time I think I take a long time, I've only been up here for like 20 minutes, and then the back of the kids are like, we ain't done yet. I'm like, 
You do you. It's fine. We'll teach them kids. So let's dive into this truth, uh, this lie, and we're going to look at the twisted truths. Truth number one that is found in this lie. God wants me to be holy. God wants me to be holy. On your notes and up on the screen, we have 1 Peter 1.16. I'm actually, I decided, you know, going rogue. I'm going to read verses 14, 15, and 16. And it said, and this is in the NLT, same as up on your screen. It says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy for the scriptures say you must be holy because I am holy. In Leviticus 27, God tells the Israelites, so set yourself apart to be holy for I am the Lord, your God. You see, God wants me to be holy. But Mike, God's our our loving heavenly father. Doesn't he want us to be happy? Well, you're right. In Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 9, it says, Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then know, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is our good Father, and he wants to give us good gifts. I love my children. I want them to be happy. But far too often we think happiness is equated to stuff or people. And how many people have you known that when they they pursue this happiness with the stuff and they get the stuff, but they're not happy? Because it's very, very reliant on the stuff or the person. In Philippians 1, 9 through 11 says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you'll keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. And then again, back in 1 Peter 2, 11 through 12, it says, Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Even, or then, even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. As a people, as Christians, as the church, We're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be set apart for the purposes of the Father. That's what holy means. Holy means to be set apart. So we're supposed to walk. It says blameless lives. I ain't perfect. Not perfect. As you can see, I stumble over my words. I don't always have it together. I'm, I'm not perfect. But I try to walk a blameless life. I try to be set apart. I try to be different because I'm called to be holy. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We're part of a kingdom. And we're called to be different. We are called to be holy. We are called to be set apart. 
For me to be holy, I have to sacrifice my wants and desires every once in a while. I have to give up the things that I want, the things that would make me happy. Romans 7, chapter, or Romans 7, verses 21 through 25 says, I have discovered this principle of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. I have to choose Jesus daily. I have to choose Jesus daily. There are things that I have to give up my rights to. There are things that I have to sacrifice every day if I want to remain holy, if I want to be set apart for God's purposes. Sin will make you happy. If sexual immorality wasn't fun, it wouldn't be that hard to stay away from it. If other, if, if there's the whole list of sins, gluttony, if gluttony wasn't fun, it wouldn't be that hard to stay away from it. Did you know if you eat the whole cake, you've only had one piece? Some of you are going to use that today. One piece of cake is in my diet. Did you, if, if being financially irresponsible wasn't fun, it wouldn't be hard to not do it. I'm guilty of this. I see something shiny, I want to buy it. I'm the only one. There, there are tons of things I struggle with. Sin can be fun. But it's not holy. And I'm supposed to be different. I'm supposed to be set apart. You know, and I used to tell the teens that God cannot use you if you aren't being holy. And that was wrong. Because God can so use anybody. He can use the people who are trying to be like him. And he can really use the people who aren't. Because God needs, God can use an example. And there have been so many times where I've been a good example and I've been a bad example. And you can ask the teens, I tell stories about how bad my example was. Um, at camp, doesn't matter the camp, usually on Thursday night or Wednesday night, we sit down and we tell stories in the, in, in the cabin I'm in. And I'll tell stories and I'll make it hilarious that I used to be so dumb and not follow Jesus. But I use these stories as a way to encourage the kids and the teens not to do that stuff. Because some of these stories involve people catching on fire. That's not a joke. That happened. Substances were involved. We weren't smart. But I can, I can use my example to show them what not to do and how to be holy.
and, and I allow God to take the stupidity in my life and, and show somebody, hey, don't do this. Because this is the path it takes you. So, even if you're not being holy, God can use you as an example. And I would much rather be a good example than a bad example. Just putting that out there. So, the first lie, or the first twisted truth we find in this lie is God wants me to be holy. So, that truth gets twisted so God makes me wants me to be happy. The second truth that gets twisted in this lie is God wants me to be joyful. So God wants me to be holy, but God wants me to be joyful. Happiness is dependent on stuff and things and people. It's very conditional. Happiness is fleeting. How many times have we thought we were happy and then we got our new car and we're driving and then the person pulls up next to us at the stoplight and we're like, oh, look at that car. Or how many times did you spend so much time at the restaurant trying to pick the perfect dish and right before your plate comes out, a waiter comes by with a tray of somebody else's food and you're like, oh, it happens to all of us, right? Happiness is very conditional. We are very fickle people. Well, at least I am. And it's very conditional. Joy? Joy's different. Joy is different. In Nehemiah 8, verse 10, it says, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy the choice food and sweet drinks and send some of those, send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is our strength. In Romans 15:13 it says may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I see this passage and I see joy and peace connected to hope. Happiness to me does not connect to hope all the time. It can, but joy is something different. Something deeper. Happiness requires our desires to be fulfilled. Happiness requires us to get what we want. How many people can you think of right now when they get what they want, stay happy? How many people do you think of when they always get what they want are really good, upstanding people? We call those spoiled people usually, and and usually it's frowned upon when somebody always gets what they want. They always get their way, and you don't really want to hang around those people very often. I know we we talk to our girls about, you're not getting that. You're not doing this. You don't always get what you want. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. Because I ain't raising no spoiled little girls. Now, to be fair, I firmly believe my children are spoiled. (laughs) It's not always my fault. And, you know, sometimes it's fun to spoil them just a little bit, right? So this weekend, I've had a really great weekend so far. We started the weekend. Blythe and I went on a daddy-daughter date. And Cara and Cassie went on a mommy-daughter date. And we had a blast. Um... I gave Blythe a choice of where we were going to go for food, and then I totally just backed out on it on her because 
I said, let's go get sushi or Buffalo Wild Wings. And she went, sushi. I was like, yeah. And as we start driving, I realized there's a lot of construction and traffic between here and there. And that's going to be expensive. I go, what if we go to Buffalo Wild Wings, which is near town, and then we go for dessert with the money we would save from going to sushi? And she's like, I'm down with that. So it was, it was a lot of fun. I spoiled her just a little bit because she's, we sat down and she goes, we're getting fried pickles. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We're getting fried pickles, okay. And we had, a, we had a really good time. Sometimes it's fun to spoil your kids just a little bit. But if you spoil them all the time, you're raising some brats. And those brats become bratty adults. And I don't want that. I want my children to be well-balanced, grown-up individuals when they get there. God's the same with us. He doesn't always let us have what we want. You see, I would argue that most of the time... At least for me, the things that I really want don't line up with God's will for my life. Like, I really wanted to go to all-you-can-eat sushi. But one, I don't need to go to all-you-can-eat sushi because I will eat all I can eat. And it was going to cost like 50 bucks for the two of us to go. I mean, I know Blythe will put away some sushi, but I don't need to go. And, and it was, it was nice to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. We had fun. But how often do we get caught in the trap of, well, God wants me to be happy so I can do blank. God wants me to be happy so I can have a relationship with this person and do whatever I want with them. God wants me to be happy so I can just eat whatever I want. God wants me to be happy so I can just spend my money however I see fit. God wants me to be happy so, boom, this is what I'm doing. And it's more of a justification of our actions. It's not asking permission. It's saying, this is why I'm doing it. It doesn't line up with the will and the word of God. So if happiness is conditional on stuff, You could say happiness is conditional on the now because we want that immediate gratification. Joy is still conditional, but it's conditional on the then. So happiness is conditional now. Joy is conditional then. And what do I mean by that? When we become servants of God Most High, we give up our rights to our happiness now and we look forward to what we're going to receive. The now holds little power over it. As God's children, we know we are going to live with Him forever. We know death has no power over us. We know who wins. So giving up our right to happiness now has a benefit to the then. Um, oh, I just lost his name. The guy who does the finances stuff. Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey has this thing. He says, live like no one else does now so you can live like no one else then. And that's a money thing, but I think it applies to a lot of stuff. If I live like no one else now, if I live the way God wants me to, which is totally countercultural to our society, I will live like no one else in our society then because I will be with God. I will have that eternal life. 
We seek God's desires, not our own. We follow his plan for our life, not our own. We give up seeking the pleasure of this world and we begin to seek the pleasure of the father. Matthew 6, 33, we hear it a lot. Sometimes I just gloss over it, but it's, it's so true. Matthew 6, 33, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Luke 14, 26 through 27 says, if you want to be my disciple, you must by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Joy is conditional on the then. Happiness is conditional on now. Are we living for now or are we living for then? I have to daily, daily, pick up my cross and carry it. I have to daily choose to be a disciple of Christ. Because let's be real. I could be sitting on my couch right now watching the F1 race. It's actually over. It ended right before church started. But I could watch. I could rewatch it. That's where I could be. Right now, I could be anywhere in the world and Spending money to get there. But daily, I know what's God's best idea for my life. Because I'm in His Scripture. I'm in His Word. I see His plan for my life. And I know His desires and His wants. And I want His desires to be my desires. And can I tell you this? The longer I walk in step with the Spirit, the more my desires reflect the desires of my Father in Heaven. When I first became a Christian, it wasn't easy to live for the now or for the then instead of the now. The longer I walk in step with the Spirit, the easier it gets to live for the that. For oh, this is a tongue twister. The easier it gets to live for the then instead of the now. I wrote this. You would think I could say it. So the two twisted truths in this lie is God wants me to be holy. And God wants me to be joyful. And those are the truths that we can find in God wants me to be happy. Now there's an applied lie that I talked about. An implied lie. So um, only Sith deal in absolutes. So that's either A or B. There's no C. Uh, if God, if the lie is God wants me to be happy, then the truth is God doesn't want me to be happy, right? That's the implied lie. That's not true either. Like I said, back in, in Matthew chapter 7, God is a good and gracious Father. He does want us to be happy, but not at the cost of our holiness. You might be hearing me talk about giving up stuff, and in our culture, we hear giving up stuff and equate that with loss and unhappiness. When we don't get our way, too often, we're just unhappy. And God, as a loving, as God is a loving Father. And so often, recently, we've seen this passage I'm about to read. It's Romans 12, verse 2. Primary week was all about it. Junior high week was all about it. High school week is going to be all about it. It's, it's been like a theme verse for Greater Alton for this year. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Are our minds becoming renewed? Are we allowing the spirit to keep sin out of our lives? Are you allowing the word to be a mirror for your life? Like James says, the word is there so we can see the sin in our life and repent about it, repent of it. Um, at primary week, it was really awesome. We did a lesson on God's word as a mirror and Chris Weiler, he, <laughs> he came out with extra clothes on and, uh, he was not wearing them correctly. Uh, he had like his pants were really low. His shirt wasn't buttoned right. He had stuff all, it was hilarious looking and he had a mirror there and he walked up and he looked at the mirror. He's like, yep, I'm ready for this job interview. And and, and he had Elena like, whoa, 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 you ain't ready yet. Hold on. And, and it was funny, but it got the point across that if we read God's word and we see it says to change stuff about our lives and we don't do it, we're like that guy. We're like a fool who looks in the mirror, sees their appearance, and doesn't change anything about it. God's Word is there for us to show us how to better walk in step with the Spirit. Think about this. Even if you don't own a car, you've had an owner's manual of something at some point. I think of the car's owner's manual. I mean, it's like a book. It's thick for some people. Have you ever read the whole thing? Thank you for not lying. Nobody's read the whole thing. I don't even think the people who wrote it read the whole thing. But before I got married, you know what I did with the owner's manuals of anything I got? They went back in the box and got thrown away. You know what happens now? Don't throw that owner's manual away. We need that. Why do we need this? Who reads the owner's manual? And now, can I full confession... There have been many times in the last 16 years that I've had to use the owner's manual and fix the problem. Cassie ain't in here, is she? No, she didn't hear that. It's fine. But think about this. Our vehicles come with owner's manuals, and they're written by the manufacturer. They contain all the information needed to maintain the vehicle. The person who wrote it understands the inner workings of the vehicle. It helps you diagnose problems. It helps you fix problems. It helps you keep the car on the road. I fixed printers because of the troubleshooting in owner's manuals. I fixed refrigerator. Well, I diagnosed the problem with the refrigerator and then paid somebody to fix it. Uh, but it's, it's important, right? Why do we not do that with God? He created us. He knows what's best for us. He has good plans for us. Why, when we don't get our way because God said no, do we get unhappy about it? We think God is a big mean kid with a magnifying glass just trying to burn us and have fun doing it while he, we're not having any fun. It happens so often when we talk to people about the sin that's in their life and they're like, well, God just wants me to be happy. No, He wants you to be holy. 
what you're doing is sin. Well, it'll be okay. We talk to God about it. Would you talk to the wrong God? Because if it goes against God's word, it's sin and he don't like it. Just this morning, just this morning, love that my children give me ammo. Kara wanted to bring her baby doll to church. And I said, no. And I walked out the door. She went to Cassie and said, can I bring the baby doll to church? I'll leave it in the car. Cassie didn't know. I said, no. And so here comes Kara out the door with a baby doll in her hand. I go, what are you doing? Well, mom said I could. Little girl. We were already in the car. We're like, baby doll stays in the car. If I see the baby doll, baby doll getting broken half. She wanted her way. It's not my way. And she got in trouble for it. So often, we just think that God doesn't want us to have a good time. Oh my gosh, I have so much fun in the kingdom of God. So much fun. And you know, the way that people have fun in the world and in society, there's consequences. I mean, there's consequences to everything, right? But the fun I have in the kingdom, I don't have to worry about the consequences that I used to have to worry about when I was having fun in the world, right? Extra kids, hangovers, arrests, stuff like that. You can have fun without that. I mean, I think everybody still has their fingers Right now, it is 4th of July weekend. This is the last day. Somebody's going to have 10 digits. Hopefully nobody here. But I have fun with fireworks on 4th of July. But you got to choose what type of fun, what type of happiness you're going for. Because some of it's dangerous, just like a firework. In John 10.10, it says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. So this person that's lying to us, his purpose is... Is it for us to have fun? He makes it think that his purpose is for us to have fun. His purpose is to steal from us, to kill us and destroy our lives. But what did Jesus do? He came so that we can have life and have it to the full. His purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life. There's a question behind the lie. There's a question behind the lie. Who are you serving? What am I serving? Am I serving my sinful nature or my creator? Because that's what this lie comes down to. It comes down to, am I going to serve God or am I going to serve me? I want to read you guys something. It's not on your notes. It's in Joshua 24. And it's verses 14 through 15. And Joshua is getting ready to die. And he's talking to the Israelites. He's like, all right, so we've came into the land. We've taken it. It's ours. This is my closing remarks before I die. It is in your notes. It says, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. So now fear God, worship him in total commitment. Get rid of the gods your ancestors worshipped on the far side of the river, the Euphrates, and in Egypt. You worship God. If you decide that it's a bad thing to worship God, then choose a God you'd rather serve and do it today. Choose one of the gods your ancestors worshipped from the country beyond the river. 
or one of the gods of the Amorites on whose land you're now living. But as for me and my family, we'll worship God. You see, those gods that Joshua's talking about didn't just go away. We are at war against spiritual forces. And those spiritual forces have been around a long time. And their tactics really haven't changed. You see, back in the day, if you read about Baal and Asherah, they worshipped them with free sex. Well, God wants me to be happy. And, And you know, that type of worship comes around with another problem. There's like a whole bunch of extra kids. And so you have the god Molech. And you worshipped Molech by sacrificing your children. And if you want to tell me that free sex and child sacrifice isn't prevalent in today's society, I would very much argue with you. And there were other gods that you would, that you would indulge in worship. Pretty much any sin you could worship a god. We don't call them Baal, Asherah, and Molech anymore, but they're there. So I want to leave you guys with this. Who are you worshiping? Are you worshiping the God of self, the God of happiness? Or are you worshiping the God, the Father, the Creator, the the being who wants you to be holy and full of joy so you can have peace and hope? You see, I serve that God. I have to choose every day to serve that God. And... Many of us here have to choose every day to serve that God. And if you're hearing this lesson and your life doesn't reflect these thoughts, I'm begging you to reevaluate your choices. Begging you. Because there are, there is a, a big, wide highway that's going straight to hell. It's easy. It's easy to get on a highway and drive. But there's a narrow path that leads to Christ and everlasting life. Maybe there's sin in your life. You seeking your own desires that needs to just be expelled from your life. Maybe you haven't surrendered your life to the master yet. You know, today can be a great first day in your walk with him. Today is the 4th of July. You can declare your independence from the world. Not just say it. Not just say I'm independent, but declare it. And you can start this brand new life with freedom in Christ. Because you're going to choose a, you're going to choose a master. We're always a slave to something. You can either be a slave to sin and, and what the world says is happiness, or you can be a slave to God and have joy and peace and hope in your life. Today is a great day to do that. If you're already a follower of Christ and your life isn't reflecting this, it's a great day to repent. It's a great day to start walking a better path towards Christ with His Word in your hand and reading it. You can surrender to Him and die to yourself and be united with Him. I don't know where you're at. I don't know everyone here. I don't even pretend to know everyone here. But I know God knows each and every one of us. And God wants us to experience that joy and that peace and that hope. And the only way to experience those things is to be His child. To receive the good, holy gifts from the Father. So on this 4th of July, surrender your lives to Him. 
Give up your right to happiness. And God will give you so much more. He will bless you so much than you would ever believe possible. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son, for your word, for this place and this time and this family, Father. For giving us the ability to talk about you and talk about your word. Talk about the lies that are perpetuated around us. Help us to see through the lies, Father. Help us to see through them and see the truth behind the lie. Help us to see that you want us, yes, you want us to be happy, but not at the sacrifice of our holiness. And that you promise us joy, Father. And not just joy, but peace and hope that go along with it. Help us to honor you with our thoughts and our actions and help us to be safe the rest of this weekend. Help us just to enjoy the company that you've put around us and this family you've given us. And just to honor you, God, in our thoughts, words, actions, just throughout our lives, Father. Help us to walk humbly with you and in step with your spirit. It's in your name I pray. Amen.